Praise the Lord. Um, just, a, just a brief word today to encourage our faith in these ideas that we have been working through. I'd like us to go to the book of Judges chapter 7. Today we live different from the way that we came in. In Jesus' name. Um, verse 9. During the night the Lord said to Gideon, Get up, go down against the camp, because I am going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp. Um, I will just stop right there. Um, maybe just set the stage. Uh, I, I was in this uh, neighborhood last week as well, but Gideon's army had been reduced from 30,000 to 300. Whereas the enemy, the Midianite camp, uh, they were like covering the entire valley like locusts and their camels uh, were as numerous as the sand on the seashore. So the numbers were skewed. Uh, he was in a great disadvantage. And it ex that explains why the Lord was encouraging him to uh, uh, not be afraid. And if you are afraid, take Pura with you, uh, your servant. So it's a very daunting situation. The odds are stacked against him. Uh, but nevertheless, the Lord wanted him to go down to the edge of the camp. And it was there at the edge of the camp that he heard the, the dream and its interpretation. And uh, so, so my, my question is that why is it that God sent Gideon down to the camp to hear the word? It would be much safer and much wiser and much more practical to hear the word over here with your people in the safety and comfort of your own tent uh, with your own DSTV Premier League coming soon. Come on, somebody. Hmm? Uh, it would be much more convenient and you could hear the word and enjoy the word and say amen to the word from here. But God said, no, I want you to go down to the camp. Go into the enemy and get right up to the edge of the camp. A camp which covered the entire valley, which had camels as numerous as the sand of the seashore. And that's where I have a word for you. And I thought it was funny that the Lord would do this. And I think this is why the Lord would do this for him. And maybe this is why the Lord would do this for us. God is not like us. I think what God was trying to do was cause him to see something. And then hear something. And then decide between the two. Which of these two will rule my heart? It's one thing to receive a word over here. But it's another thing to receive the word over here. In the midst of your enemies. In the midst of your drama. In the midst of your... You see? It's, it's easy to believe over there. But it takes faith to believe over here. Uh, and you have to make a choice. And God was after that choice. Hmm? Either what he sees is going to govern his life or what thus says the Lord is going to 
govern his life. It's a battle between what he sees eh, and what he hears. And, and, and the, the, the blessing is that right there in the middle of the enemy's camp, the Bible says that Gideon bowed down right there and worshiped the Lord right there. Then he got up and went back to his camp. Hallelujah. He offered a worship from there. He was offered a worship from the enemy's camp. It's one thing to worship in the safety of your own neighborhood. It's one thing, another thing to worship in the midst of your enemy's camp. And God was putting something inside of Gideon by way of a word. Hallelujah. And I thought, you know, this is, this is not the only time God does this. It's actually, it's almost like the protocol of heaven is to present us with difficult circumstances, drop a word, and then leave, step back to see what we're going to do with what God says. Right? The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 37, Amarinya congregation said amen, by the way. Ezekiel 37 verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. Look where the God is leading his people. He leads Gideon all the way to the enemy's camp, and he leads Ezekiel to the middle not on the corner even, this in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And not only that, look at this, verse 2. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, sovereign Lord, only you know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. You see, in the case of Ezekiel, it's the case of a complete valley, vast valley with many bones and bones that are very dry. And God says, this is what you see, but let me introduce you to something that you can hear. And, and, and Ezekiel did not preach the size of the bones. He preached, he prophesied and said, bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. After the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, he gave them two things. He gave them a vast wilderness. All they could see is deserts, uh, no food, no water, no restrooms. Come on, somebody. Eh? As far as the eye can see, it's desert, but he gave them a promise. And he, you know, uh, several, you know, uh, experts, theologians, they would suggest that there was a, a, a shorter route to get to the promised land. That they could have gone the easier route, but God intentionally took them the long route in the midst of all, to put them in the middle of the desert, but also give them, put them in the middle of a promise so that they could choose between the two. Which of these two is going to govern your heart? He, they had something to see and they had something to hear. And now the choice was theirs. Praise the Lord. And the unfortunate thing with the children of Israel is that the entire generation that came out of Egypt, of that entire generation, they, they, not one of them possessed the promised land because they were taken by what they saw. But two, two actually rough estimates is about a total with women and children. Three million people that came out with a promise. And the Bible says at the end of the story that not one of God's good promises failed to come to pass. But it doesn't look like, what do you mean? What do you mean that not one of these promises? Look at all the people that died in the wilderness. No, God does not work with numbers. He works with faith. 
And he found two people and he said, I will fulfill every word that I have promised with these people. So, so uh, I say this for a reason today, because we have been provided in this country with many things to see. Many colorful things to see. Many jubilous things to see. I made up that word. It's a good word. Yeah. It's such a contrary. We are dealing with the same contradiction almost on the same level that Gideon had. That we have this incredible promise. That we are here because of a promise. But as far as the eye can see, there is tribalism. There is land issues. There is corruption. And then there is corruption. And by the way, there is corruption. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. There's politicized corruption. Institutionalized corruption. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Lazarus. They came to Jesus and said to Jesus, uh, Jesus, the one that you love is sick. This was before he died. And Jesus responded with the word, this sickness will not end in death, but this is for the glory of God. And, and he stayed there until the sick man died and until the sick man had been dead for four days. Uh, and all the while, as he's encountering Mary and Martha and the people, he continually is reminding them of what he had said in the beginning. He said, did, not I, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of the Lord. So as the situation went from bad to worse, Jesus was continually reminding them of what he had said. Because the battle will always be between what your eyes are seeing and what your ears have heard. It's a small distance between the two, but the battle is violent. It is big time. It is mission impossible. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Eh? It's a fight of all fights. Because when we can shift properly and agree with God, it will demand that we shut off every, cut off every other sensory message that we are receiving to stand with God. It will demand a choice. See, the enemy of, of faith is not fear. The enemy of faith is sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amarinya service was saying, Amen. Eh? We walk by faith and not by sight, which means we cannot be pushing both at the same time. We cannot be a believer and non-believer believer. Let that sink in for a minute. Eh? We cannot be a believing non-believer that believes. That's what the children of Israel, they're the children of promise. They're carrying the promise, but they're moved by what they see. And they ended up complaining. In fact, their life was nothing more than a, 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 a graph that went continuously up and down based on whatever it is they were encountering. Right? They crossed the Red Sea. They came to the Red Sea and they complained. Down. God opened the Red Sea and delivered them. They rejoiced. Miriam leading the way. Then three days later, they had no water. They complained. God provided water. They rejoiced. Then there is no meat. They complain. And God provides meat. Out of nowhere, he provides meat and they rejoice. So, so that tells me that this maybe explains why uh, uh, Jesus did not receive praise from men because he knew what was in a man. That he knew that this praise is just a matter of time before the script changes and their praise will also change accordingly. It's one thing to praise when everything is going good. 
But it's next level praise when things are going bad and your praise stays the same. Or in fact, your praise goes up another level. I'm looking for some Joshua and Caleb people in the church today. I'm looking for a contrary spirit today. I'm looking for the spirit that sees the mess but decides to praise God anyway. That walks through but stands firm because he understands that God is faithful to his word. That what we really, really need is not to get out of this mess. What we really, 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 really need is a word from the Lord. Because if God has spoken, let God be true and every man a liar. I've come in the middle of somebody's mess today to announce to you that whatever it is God has spoken, that he is faithful to his promise, that you can bank on God's promise, that you can bank on his word, that he does not play with you when he gives you a promise, that if God says it, whatever it is, it has to come to pass by reason of his very nature, by reason of the fact that he is God, by reason of the fact that he is not only God, but he is a big God. That he is a powerful God. That he is a mighty God. I'm trying to drive that spirit of second guessing. I feel that resistance spirit in the room today. I invite that resistance spirit that has come in with everything that you have seen with your eyes. Even this week. And I invite you to flush that down the toilet in Jesus name. Let God arise today. And let his enemies be scattered. There is a word over your life that you need to grab onto with both hands. Don't hold on with one hand to your promise and one hand on your drama. Because God won't, he brings you to the drama for a reason. He brings you to the drama so you can decide. Let God be true and every man a liar. He knows where you are. He was not taken by surprise by this issue. Yeah, I know it's a big deal for you, but it's so simple for him. I, I, I needed a car one time. I feel the anointing. <laughs> and, and, and everything around me is no car. And in the place where I lived, it's a kind of place where you need it. Like people, it's hard to tell the same story here because transport isn't in. This was before the time of ride and Uber and all that stuff. And we needed a car. I took a plate from the kitchen. Come on, somebody. Hmm? In the morning. And I began to drive the plate around the house. Come on, hear it with me like you're hearing it the first time. <laughs> Pastor Brendan, I preach this message every Sunday. Yeah. This is the testimony. I'm preaching this for you, actually. My brother. But I drove a plate in the morning and had a car in the evening. Hear it, hear it like you heard it for the first time. For the first time. But see, this is such a powerful thing for me. For me, it just laid an anchor for me. Okay, God is able. It was not for the car. It was for every other Empty situation, challenging situation, fight, desert, wilderness that I faced after that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. David, he carried those testimonies around with him wherever he went. After God took the lion and the bear by his hand, he took that in his pocket and carried, with it, carried it with him to his next challenge called Goliath. And after he killed Goliath, you know what he did? The Bible says David took his armor and put it in his own tent. So for the next challenge, when he came to the next challenge, he would say, God, who helped me with the lion and the bear and Goliath. And the Lord knows he needed that testimony because his next enemy was a tricky enemy, an enemy called King Saul. 
Yeah, and that's tricky because it's easier if the lines are drawn clearly that we are here and you're there. But, but Saul was a tricky enemy. Like he called him his son and then he tried to kill him sometimes in a matter of a few, few verses. I don't know if you've ever been there. But if you have, come meet me after service. Let's talk. But, but God's promise is true. He knows where we're at. And he has given us promise. Today is a day for us to decide. It's not that God is not able. It's that, it's that there's a faith that needs to arise in the house today. Uh, the greatest event in the history of the world was the resurrection. It, it, it's the, it's, it changed time itself. It speaks directly and indirectly to believers and non-believers alike. It's, it's like a message that is so powerful and God had embedded it so, so deeply in the human psyche that even, it's in, even people who deny God love the story and it's embedded in our DNA. We all look for a savior, a hero. That's why, you know, movies, good movies always have messianic themes. You know, like the hero comes out at the end and, and wins. Mission Impossible. If, if, the, if, if what's the guy's name? Uh, if Tom Cruise would have died at the end, you would lose all of your, 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 your money. Because people don't want to see the hero lose. We need a Messiah. We need a hero. We need a, we need a deliverer. It's in there. Yeah. That's the stuff we are made of. That's where we come from. Anyway, so Jesus raises, rises from the dead just like he said. And when he rose from the dead, not everybody saw it, but there was a few women who came to the tomb. And they saw the empty tomb. They heard the angel. Mary even saw him. And he gave instructions, go tell them. And, and, and the women went back to the disciples and told the disciples, we have seen him. And there was so much confusion among the disciples because what they saw... And now what they're hearing is two different things. And they had a struggle connecting the dots because what we saw was so real. And what you're telling us is so different. And, and there was confusion until Jesus himself came and said, Hello, gentlemen. Peace be unto thee. Yeah, that's my King James for you. Yeah? Peace be unto thee, thou of little faith. Mm? How, how my King James? Hmm? He said, peace be unto you. And they were so amazed. But Thomas was not there. Thomas' attitude kind of, it summarizes everybody's attitude. Thomas in John chapter 20, verse 29, he said, he said or in John chapter 20, he said, uh, he came back and everyone now has, is telling him, I have seen him. Hmm? He is alive. He was here with us. And Thomas, having, heard, having heard all of these testimonies, he was so stubborn. He said, unless I put my hands in his side and my fingers in the, the, finger, the, the, the nail prints in his hand, I will not believe. Now what's the problem with that? It's a faith that demands that I won't accept anything unless I see it. When God's plan is for us to see the thing but believe what we have heard. He brought Gideon to the camp to see the camp. So that he could hear and see two different things and decide. Jesus told Thomas, Thomas, Miskin, you believe because you have seen. But I tell you, blessed are those who have believed 
without having seen. Hallelujah. So, so today, I, I, I think this message is a message for uh, our, our people today. Because we have been led into impossible odds. We have been led into very challenging circumstances. Our nation is going through the throes of, I don't even know what to call it. Hmm? Uh, so many of our business people have been going through, I mean, we work with this, and even, you know, it's even hit, I mean, I think it's hit every, everybody. Everybody. And, and, and the challenge is, is to become like Thomas that we start to confess what it is that we have seen. We start to confess the drama that we're going to. It's so overwhelming that we start to be bowed down with this, with this issue. While the promise of God is still good. While God is still able to fulfill his promise. See the Bible says Ephesians 3.20 that he does exceedingly abundantly beyond. According to his power at work in us. Which means that we remove the sight and put in the faith, he'll start to move and work according to that, to that faith. And so today is a word of encouragement for somebody who's going through. Yeah? It's an encouragement for us as a church and a church family. It's an encouragement for this entire nation. It's an encouragement for all of those who don't have, uh, have the odds stacked, stacked against us. Our God is faithful and true. He cannot lie. If God said that the nation will be redeemed in righteousness, then the nation will be redeemed in righteousness. What's the strategy? The strategy is the nation will be redeemed in righteousness. Uh, where's the proposal? The proposal is the nation will be What's your connections and your network? What's your LinkedIn profile looking like? My LinkedIn profile is looking like the nation... You see, the, the, the evidence or the guarantee that God will fulfill his word is contained exclusively in the fact that God said it. The question is not whether or not he's able. The question is whether or not we believe. And I just want to encourage somebody today to believe. I want to encourage somebody to stand your ground and decide today between what you see and what you have heard. Because we who made the promise is faithful. Amen. We've been praising a lot the last few weeks. It's intentional. It's because the drama is that real. But praise has been good. I, someone called me, someone very close to me called me and was just said, I, I, hate, I hate to bother you, but it's looking like this, 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 this. And I said, are you serious? Uh, yes, yes, it's, I'm serious. And I felt myself sinking with that individual. Because, you know, it's, it's getting kind of close to home now. And uh, I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will never remind you of what you have seen. He will remind you of what you have heard. And so this stuff that I'm preaching, it's as much for me as it is for you. And I said, wait a minute. And I said, thank God, who? Media team for the podcast. I sent them the podcast. Just listen to this. I got a message, text. Thank you so much. This is just what I needed. Hallelujah. This is just, now the situation did not change, you know. But the faith, the decision changed, you see. And, and they were so blessed 
in the midst of that mess because they made a decision in that mess to praise the Lord right here. Not over there, but right here. He said, this is just what I needed. And I got a message just last Friday that the thing that was this big, it got a little bit adjusted by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Did I, I haven't told this testimony in a long time, but it's good for a time like this. It's one of my lion and bear testimonies. Do you remember my story of Mrs. Mazinyawi? Only Emma. She used to attend our church. She worked at the Zimbabwe embassy at the time, but Uncle Bob was in charge. And Uncle Bob was an interesting boss to have. All right? And she came to my office one day. And she said, Pastor, yeah, I need an appointment. Okay, come on, appointment. What can I do for you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Start crying. And I said, what's wrong? After about five minutes, she calmed down and she told me, you know, the, the, the troubles in the, in the government, that was the time when the economy in, in Zimbabwe was very uh, like uh, camels uh, covering the ocean, whatever that was. It was like a big drama in Zimbabwe at that time. And we have not had salary payment for three months. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to feed the kids, let alone uh, keep them in school, let alone feed the kids. And she was just so. And when I saw her tears, when I, I just saw the condition she was and felt her pain, I began to sink with Mrs. Mazignani. I began to go down with her, man. I said, Lord, I know. What else? And then this, this, this. And I said, oh, no. So there was the two of us almost. And we were sinking down into the depths of Hades and into the other, other world. And right when I got to the edge, the, the Lord spoke. And I thank God for the Holy Spirit. And the Lord told me to remind her who her father was. And I said, Mrs. Mazinya, you forgot who your father is. And she said, what do you mean? You forgot that God is your father. He's not your father anymore. And she said, no, Pastor. God is my father. He, he, he. I said, God is not your father. I began to get bold because that's what the Spirit of God does. I said, God is not your father. If God was your father, you would not be crying like this right now. God is not your father. Uncle Bob is your father. He, no, she started to fight with me. And as she fought with me, it's like a little bit of reverse, not reverse psychology, but reverse spirituality. As she began to fight with me back, her faith started to build up and the tears become less and the confidence in the Lord began to arise. And by the time she left the office, she was so full of faith because God is my father. And she, I began to call her every week after that just to check on her, you know, because it was like it's a heavy, heavy case. I think even we even put some now ministry put some resources together to support her. And then I'd call her every week. How are you doing, Mrs. Mazignani? She said, oh, the situation is getting worse. But God is my father. So, so that tells me that she still saw what she saw. But now God had intervened with a word. And she was deciding by the spirit of God to agree with the promise of God. Every week I would call her and the situation would get worse. But her praise was... Was, was higher with each challenge because God is my father. It was like the word of the Lord for her. And then I forgot about Mrs. Mazignani for about two months. I forgot uh, and I remembered after two months and I said, oh my goodness, and I haven't heard anything. This poor lady, I was supposed to call her. I hope she's alive. 
Now it's me who's in, in mess now. I hope I, I, and I just called her, are you okay, Mrs. Mali? I'm sorry I didn't call you. Oh, pastor, God is my father. I said, I know, but are you okay? God is my father, God is my father. I have a testimony. What's the testimony? Uncle Bob, Uncle Bob is Robert Mugabe. Okay. Huh? There was an adjustment. All of my salary was paid back. Eh? With an extra I'm sorry money. May the Lord bless somebody today with some I am sorry money. Hmm? And then at the same time, just to show me that, God, that, uh, that Uncle Bob is not my father, from another source, someone just blessed me out of nowhere with extra money. In fact, Pastor, this Sunday I'm coming to church with my new car. I want you to pray for my car. I said, I'll be happy to pray with you for your car. After church, we went and we went walking down and I saw this beautiful green Mercedes. And I walked by looking for Mrs. Mazignani's car and she had stopped right there. <laughs> and I said, she said, where are you going, Pastor? I said, I'm looking for your car. She said, my car is right here. I said, Jesus. <laughs> this is the car you want me to bless? Yes. Uh, and I blessed that car. And while I was blessing that car, I was reminding the Lord that he's also my father. <laughs> You're also my father. True story. Now, I, I shared that story. Man, I've shared that before. Where, where have you guys been? You've never heard that story before? That's the second testimony that we built this church on. One was my car. The second was Mrs. Mazignani's car. But what I'm trying to put in your spirit, the miracle is not the car or the money or anything. The miracle is when she decided... In the midst of the mess, I decide to agree with what God has spoken. God is my father. God is faithful. And I just want to remind somebody today that God is also your father. That your God is faithful. That if God clothes the lilies of the field and that provides for them, how much more will your heavenly father? We are dealing with father now. Praise God. It's good. You know, your, life, your relationship with God changes after you become a father. Because you realize like those feelings and that protective nature and the provision, you just in overdrive, you begin to see God in a different light. Hallelujah. And God takes care of his children. He knows where you are, by the way. All right. He knows the drama you're in. He knows where we are as a nation. It does not take him by surprise. But he's also given us a contrary word. If he did not give us a contrary word, then that's another thing. But he has given us a word. I said he has given us a word. And so I, 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 I have no wisdom to offer you outside of choose today. Uh, let us find ourselves among the camp of Caleb and Joshua. We are a minority. The Bible calls us a remnant. People will think we are crazy. But because God is faithful, he will come down and open the floodgates of heaven. He will pour out blessing. He will do according, uh, super abundantly over, above all we dare ask or think, according to his power that is at work within us. That's why the Bible says that everything that does not come from faith 
is sin. Because sin is rooted in sight. Faith is rooted in hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And therefore, when we come into a place of faith, we are pleasing God. We are avoiding sin. And if we don't stand in faith, Isaiah 7, 9 says that if we don't stand in faith, we will not stand at all. All right? So, so, so uh, today, let's just make a decision. For me personally, I made a decision before I came to church today. But I'm just going to agree with God. Okay, I, and this week especially, some challenging reports that we had heard, to be honest. But I've just chosen to agree with God. But I choose. Last week I told you that we were made and built and designed for the day of evil. Adelam? Not for the day of blessing, for the day of evil. Because that's the day when we stand our ground. Adelam? Yeah. So welcome to the other side. Do you feel yourself graduating like Mrs. Mazignani did today? You should. If you don't, you're in the wrong church. All right? And when you go out, be mindful that there's a lot of things waiting for you to see. And there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things of crisis going on everywhere. You have come here to hear a, receive a contrary word. Tell the righteous that it will be well with them. For they will eat the fruit of their labor. The work of God is this. The work of God is this. To believe in the one he has sent. Praise the Lord. So, so I'm, I'm very encouraged today. Not by what I see. But in the midst of this drama, Gideon worshipped. Does anybody have a worship for the Lord right here and right now? Right here and right now. I, I know it doesn't look pretty. But right here and right now. Hallelujah. We worship God because he has spoken. Hallelujah. I would like everybody to stand on their feet. This may not be for everybody, but I know it's for somebody. God told Gideon, come on, let's go over there to the camp to see and hear a word in the midst of that mess so that we can choose. And I want you to know that God has led you in the midst of this drama for a reason. And let's just choose. Father, we worship you right now. Father God, we give you the praise right now. Not tomorrow when we see the breakthrough, but right now. Because we know that you who made the promise is faithful. You said the word to our ear, Father God, that captivated our imagination. It was a word that's so contrary to everything that we have known. That the nation will be redeemed in righteousness. That the continent will be redeemed in righteousness. The rivers of living water will flow from this place. It will bring blessing to the nations of the world. Father God, it is an impossible word. And every day we are reminded of how great the challenge is that we are up against. But today, we just decide. We just decide. Can you just give, let the Lord know what you've decided today by way of worship? Just open your mouth, hallelujah. Just give him thanks. Hallelujah. Thanks right here. Decide right here. Decide right here. Shift things right here. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Just tell the Lord that I choose. I choose. I worship right here. I give you the praise right here. I glorify you right here. I don't know how, but I glorify you. 
I don't know where it's coming from, but I worship you right here. Let God arise. Let God arise. Let God arise. Hallelujah. I think Gideon could have worshipped in his own camp. But it means something to God for him to worship in the enemy's camp. Somebody is surrounded today. Somebody is surrounded right now. Someone is in the middle of the ocean. With holes in your boat. Whew. Yeah, he's just moving across this room right now. The worship on this side is different. Ooh, just worship him, hallelujah. We lift you up, Father God. Right now we lift you up. Ooh, we glorify you. Financial crisis worship right now. Family drama worship right now. Right now, right now, right now. Hallelujah. Just decide. Hallelujah. What has God spoken over you with the work of your hands? I declare in the midst of this drama a thousand times more. I declare over your family the seed of the righteous shall not be forsaken. I declare over your life, not one of God's good promises shall fail to come to pass. Whoo! Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Just feeling the Lord say that some of you already have a lion and a bear testimony. Some of you know the Lord. You've had some experience. You've seen his hand. But Goliath is so much different challenge from the lion and the bear. And the Lord would just say to you today that just like David took the armor and put it in his own tent you will make a testimony out of this giant that you are facing it is different but the process is the same just add to your collection hallelujah professional athletes have a trophy room that tells the tales of their victories on the field you are building another trophy for your collection with this challenge in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you will come back and testify. You will show us the trophy. It's from glory to glory and strength to strength and faith to faith. We're built for this. We're made for this. I feel the anointing so strong. He knows where you're at. We give you praise right now, Father God. 
we choose to stand with you today. Each and every one of us, Father God, we choose to stand with you today. There's some things that's going to be left on the altar today, never to be picked up again. You've brought it in with you, but we leave it here. And just like we leave something, we also pick something up in Jesus' name. It's a different flow today, excuse me. Uh, we leave something here today and pick something up. There has to come exchange. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, that's good. Whew. Thank you. I think someone was really struggling and they just decided. And I just felt the peace of the Lord release. Yeah, well done. I know it's difficult. Yeah, it's good. Watch what God would do now in your life. Watch what God would do now in your life. Praise the Lord. All right. The rest of you who said today this word is for me, I, I have decided. Just let me see your hand. Yeah. Okay. So the Bible says the righteous shall live. The righteous shall live. All right. So this is our position today. The storm is heavy. The opposition is great. But here we are. Amen. If we don't stand by faith, we won't stand at all. Hallelujah. So, Father, we bless, we bless your people with this word in Jesus' name. I pray the light will shine in every dark place. I pray that you would work with our decision, Father God. We don't know where the help comes from, but we don't need to know. We just need to know that you are a faithful God who keeps his promise. I thank you, Father God, that you are working violently on behalf of your people even now. Violently on behalf of our nation. Violently to work, fulfill the word that you have spoken. We won't be swayed today. And I thank you, Father God, that you, we seal these things in your presence. We thank you that it's done. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.